When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's the Lakers Post Camp, everyone. Appreciate you joining us. Stereo Glassford, coming right back at you here from the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Look at record an episode tomorrow with the guys from Inside Sports Fantasy Football covering this weekend's NFL playoffs. So go ahead and check that out. Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, also as well, check out Joe Soro as Ox1947. You know the guys at Lakers Ball are happy, so go ahead and check out what Ox1947 has to say right there at LakersBall.com. He will be on later tonight with Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Sweet, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar, at 11 p.m. for Nightcap with Joe Soro. That's Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro on tonight at 11 p.m. Plus, also as well, of course, he has a company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Of course, also as well, our good friends at Lakerholics.com, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check out what they're talking about at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Lakers in 5, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, Lakers Corner, and of course as well, right there for you, go ahead and check out Empire Jeff TV and the John McCainlian channel, please go ahead and sub, you know subscribe, support, any which way you can right there for you. And speaking of subscribing, please subscribe today. Like and follow as well so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers came into a primetime game 10th place in the Western Conference, 20 and 21. What would happen as the Dallas Mavericks, who've been playing okay lately, not as well as their great start, but still very effective enough to be ahead of the Lakers in the Western Conference standings? What would happen when they visited the friendly confines of the crypt in Los Angeles? The Lakers coming off that good victory against Oklahoma City, looking to rebound, looking to get back to 500. And it was a back and forth first half. The Lakers did manage to keep a small lead at halftime, but it was the early start of the third quarter. And the third quarter in general, where the Lakers asserted their dominance, especially with Anthony Davis, one assist shy of a triple-double. Excellent game for him. LeBron James chipped in as well. So great game by all everyone all around. But mainly, it was the defense. The defense on... Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving especially, 4 of 16 for him, only 12 points. The Dallas Mavericks, 27% shooting from beyond the arc. The Lakers shot 42% from beyond the arc on 28 tries. They actually made one more three than the Dallas Mavericks. And with 53% shooting overall, the Lakers just kicked it into overdrive in the third quarter with a 42-27 to 27 third quarter. And then also as well, they just basically put in the cruise control in the fourth quarter to go ahead for an easy 127-110 victory. Not quite the 30-point victory Doobie had predicted, but still a very good victory nonetheless. The Lakers are now 21-21 and 21 in the Western Conference. Their standing is still 10th place right now. They're still nine games out of the lead. But here today to go ahead and tell you everything that you need to know about what's going on and this New, old starting lineup, which was the key reason in the third quarter for the big push, is a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did spearhead 
our playback.tv coverage. Plus, he was, along with Rich True, a great part of our pregame coverage as well. It is the Magic of Ad, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. Your man in the control board on StreamYard for the first time. Uh, I heard a cherry popping, I think, was what I, I read in the comments there. But when it comes right down to it, whether it's hot lawyers, whether it's documentaries, whether it's whatever, you're talking about a playback. It's always good because when the conversation flows like that, it knows it's an easy game for us because I can always tell when we're having a comfortable game because the conversations on playback flow that much better. And with the way the Lakers played in that third quarter and dusted off the Mavs, it certainly was an easy game indeed. Absolutely, Gerald. The only calamitous uh, aspects we have to deal with playback are those gnarly trolls that uh, rear their ugly head every once in a while. Yes, but we quickly got rid of them. We do apologize for any inconvenience on that. Uh, You know, those trolls. Gerald, just dust them off. Low-end troll. We just easily flicked it away. And uh, yes, now to go bother someone else on another day. So, Gerald, uh, I'll have to um, kind of kajigger the, the stats for the season. I think this is the first time where you had mul- at least three Lakers score more than 25 points a game. You had three Lakers who, at, who had more than five assists per game. And you had three Lakers who hit a fair amount of threes tonight. Uh, LeBron, AD, uh, LeBron, AD, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves were the four best players tonight. Um, Austin was the was the lone player not in uh, the twenty point plateau. That being said, uh, Austin was very effective uh, facilitating Gerald. Um, D'Lo was hot from three, so Austin really didn't have to worry about his shot tonight. Um, basically, just played his basic game, and it worked out. Uh, AD came within a single assist of a triple-double. LeBron played an effective in-and-out game. And again, D'Lo was that third scorer tonight. So overall, I think this was the Lakers' uh, most balanced offensive effort that we've seen probably in about six to eight weeks. Um, while While I think the OKC win was a little bit more impressive, Mm-hmm. This one was kind of wire to wire. Um, I believe the Mavs led 13-11 at one point. But they stayed in, and closed the gap to two points at the half. Uh, but it was that third quarter outburst from the Lakers. It started immediately upon the third quarter jump. And it just tell you what, it was really good to see them. Remember last year, third quarter, ineffective all year long, all season long. That was our bugaboo. This time around, third quarter, Ham got the team. You know what? It, you got to give it credit to Ham because somehow he got these players to ins- be inspired enough to go ahead and take advantage of it. Whether you want to credit the new old lineup, which means it's the one that he used at the beginning of the season that he's come back to again. If you want to credit that, you want to credit Darvin Ham or whatever credit you want to give. They came out strong in a third quarter and never looked back. Never looked back. No, it was it was great. Uh, great adjustments made at halftime. Gerald, this might have been the most uh, quiet, quelled triple double that Luka Doncic has ever had. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was coming off uh, missing three games due to injury. That being said, relatively ineffective for somebody who scored almost thirty-five points uh, because no one. Other than Maxi Kleba, every once in a while, nobody else could really hit a three-point shot for them. Uh, this is a make-or-miss league. Dallas missed a lot tonight, and uh, unlike the the last time we played them, uh, we didn't have to hear Dante Exum's name over and over and over and over again. Just like I was dreading that, I was telling Dante. Uh, in playback that it almost felt like the Candyman reference or Beetlejuice hearing Exum's name, but relatively ineffective for the Mavs tonight, drilled. And uh, it, it was for, it was a fortuitous effort defensively. Um, I'm not sure. Again, Gerald, we talked about it the last game, right? It's to me, it seems like 
I'm not sure if Vando's just figure figured it out because now he feels like perfectly healthy and he understands his role and basically uh, how to commit both offensively and defensively, but he's playing very, very well. This is the best he's played all year. Um, And quite frankly, uh, he's rendering Cam Reddish kind of redundant. I, I, I think at this point in time, even with his threat, of being some like a three point shooter, which I use it loosely. Uh, it looks like Vando has, has turned Cam Reddish into or done see on this team. And that's fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, because you know, the, the out resource allocation this past off season was in Vando heavily, not Cam Reddish. So Vando should be the one who's uh, excelling in his role. And um, I, I think he should start. I think I think you should just, uh, for him playing this well, he should, he should be starting. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 127 to 110. They're now 21 and 21 on the season, still 10th place in the Western Conference, but also here today. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Clutch Talk, plus also Lakers Corner as well, wherever you get your podcast. It is John Costa. And John, great to have you here. Truly appreciate it. I want to ask you this when it comes to what you're seeing with the Lakers, past couple games, uh, they were able to go ahead and, especially in that third quarter, tighten it up defensively and it was able to go ahead and correlate to the offense. Plus, for once, they got some decent shooting. Now, mind you, I'm not going to continue to count on this decent shooting. But the one thing you can count on is a little bit more energy, a little bit more physicality. Uh, they did limit, they did have less offensive rebounding problems today uh, in regards to that. And it all led up to a dominant third quarter and a cruise to a victory for the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, John. Yes, yes. What a great win for Lakers Nation. You know, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. You know, there's some games where I, when I watch Lakers games and I'm I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat because, you know, we, we get a run, they get a run, we get a run, they get a run. But this game, from the beginning, the confidence that I've seen in Anthony Davis and the confidence that I just felt in this team after after that first quarter was like, you know, I wasn't really worried. You know, I, I think that the Doc Rivers said it on the broadcast. He said, you know, any runs that the Dallas Mavericks puts together – we're not really worried about because we have an answer for quite literally everything that that, that they did tonight. So uh, great, great win for us. I'm very, very happy. I love when I have those wins when throughout the whole game, I'm not up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, love how dominant Anthony Davis was. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, and we said, we said it a lot. It's like, and on the broadcast, Doc Rivers is talking about how he has a favorable matchup against Derek Lively. Anthony Davis has a favorable matchup against almost every big in the league besides Jokic and Embiid. So realistically, these are the type of things we should be we should be expecting from AD on a nightly basis. But I want to talk about my guy D'Lo. My guy D'Lo right here, as a matter of fact. This is his jersey from his rookie season. I've been rocking with him. You guys know, like you guys know on me on here and the, the people that I know constantly. President of the D'Angelo Russell fan club. Yes, sir. President. You notice those hands when he's not doing well, they seem to go lower. <laughs> oh, but when no. he's doing well, they seem to go higher. No, no, no. You I'm know what? I'm you. fair. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fair with D'Lo. When he deserves the the you know the hate and when he's doing wrong, I give that to him. But I don't you know overextend it like I feel like a lot of Lakers Nation do. But man, I'm 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 happy that I I stood on business and I stay with D'Angelo Russell because his offensive production has been great as of late. And Magic Man, we we talked about this last time we were on the stream when we talked about how. Um, when you're a player and you feel like your job is at risk because trade deadlines approaching, you shouldn't shy away from the pressure. You should now play 10 X better than what you were doing. And that's exactly what D'Lo has been doing this game. Go for 29 last game, 14 game before that 39 game before that 19 game before that 14 game before that 16, 11, 15. So the offensive production, and that's exactly what people you know, ridicule D'Lo for is the the lack of offensive production. He's been able to give us that. Um, he's been that extremely 
great playmaker, which I've never doubted him once for. Uh, you know, there, there's been time where I, where I said I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more confident out there as that playmaker. But I never once doubted him as that playmaker. And I'm just I, I'm, I'm just happy, man. I, I'm just really happy. This is a great Lakers win. Um, I'm, I'm trying to fight myself from getting too high because we've seen with this Lakers team, you can't get too high or you can't get too low. Um, but great game tonight, took care of the ball, shot well, got big contribu- uh, contributions from the other guys. And biggest thing of all, guys, LeBron James played less minutes than his age. Only played 33. <laughs> Only played 33 minutes. That has got to be a win for us, guys. 25 and 8. AD finishes with 28-12. I love it, guys. I'm super. Love it. Love it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. It was actually asked in the chat by Alan, is this the best coached game this year for Darvin Ham? It's difficult to say because obviously you loved what they did against Oklahoma City and they did provide a defensive lockdown there. The shooting was up for us, Magic Man. I'd probably say just because of third quarter adjustments, because with the way they closed out that first half, it didn't look great, even though they held a slim lead over the Dallas Mavericks. But Despite the fact that Dallas had all the momentum going into that second half, the Lakers found the adjustments that they needed to make with that starting lineup, the old new starting lineup in place, and were able to go ahead and with those adjustments hand made, got to give him credit. We give him credit. We we certainly are there for, uh, on him when he's when he does wrong, but he did right. He did the adjustments. He made the moves necessary, and the Lakers executed well in that third quarter, Magic Man. Absolutely, Gerald. We have to give kudos where kudos is due. We give flowers when they're deserved, absolutely. So he gets he gets some tulips tonight for for a job well done. Uh, I like the start. I like the starting five. Obviously, he made he made appropriate rotational adjustments. Um, I like that he, he actually, uh, in this game, I actually like that he mixed it up. He put, he put Vandalorian on Doncic, but then he was comfortable putting Prince on him. Uh, and you know, this, the switch mode that teams try and flirt with, especially with, with Reeves hams adjusted in the past week or so trailed which is good to see and austin's actually responded well he i i thought he fronted well even when there were switches and uh, he did his best to just be a body in front of use his length like austin austin played fundamentally good defense um and the, the switch mode stuff they've really done a good job of honing in on exactly how austin can be effective in those situations and he played overall a really good game so kudos kudos to darvin ham uh did he outcoach jason kidd tonight uh i know that's not saying much given his our our friends that we talk maps will say he did yeah oh for sure and uh not to mention the fact that um uh whenever dwight powell has to play more than five minutes a game the mavs are in a lot of trouble um you know i've i've seen I've seen, I've seen, I've seen two by fours 
that uh not <laughs> that saying provides... i disagree i just said poor yeah well I, yeah i've seen two by fours or alumina poles who put up more resistance than dwight powell right now so <laughs> uh kudos to him great great job i, I mean the bet the bench was kind of sketchy as far as putting the ball in the hole but overall that the unit played well in the minutes they were playing um I think Ru- Rui's still kind of adjusting to his role game to game, but but that being said, Gerald, uh, uh, almost a wire to wire win. Uh, you'll take it. And by the way, uh, Johnny brought up a great great point about D'Lo. Since since his name has been in the rumor mill, um, he's been playing balls out, like literally, like um, you know. Well, we no, talk, this we, game also can be. Well, we talk, we talk, we talk about it, right, Gerald? It's okay. the pressure, the pressure cooker. So pressure either bursts pipes or creates diamonds. Mm-hmm. And the past six games, Dealer's been playing like uh, a gem. A yeah, he's been playing like a diamond, brother. Absolutely, uh, twenty points per game. He's averaging over five and a half assists, and he's shooting nearly forty-five percent from three. So again, Dealer ain't the problem with this team. D'Lo ain't a problem. D'Lo is playing his playing his butt off. Uh, didn't require a lot of help defense, Gerald, uh, which I also liked the the scheme there. Let Luca go one on one. If he if he beats you, he beats you. But I mean, again, this was uh, like the the quietest thirty plus triple double I've seen somebody get in a really long time. He's minus fifteen, so. Uh, for for all the um, for all the accolades and um, and um, you know highfalutin uh, reputation that he has as this you know virtuoso and driving kick, I mean Shake Gilgis Alexander has to me lapped him as far as being the and me and Johnny talked about this last time. I think he's just lapped him as far as being the best driving driving kick player. I I do, personally. I'm not really threatened by anybody else on the Mavs other than Kyrie shooting a three. So, I mean, if he wants to go one-on-one, all for it, brother. Go. Because it's going to lead to a Mavs loss nine times out of ten. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is John Costa from Clutch Doc and Lakers Corner. Also as well, Magic Man Sean Grice. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. It's Gerald Glasser right here for you. The Lakers do win 127-110. to 110. They're 21 and 21. Of course, 10th place still in a Western Conference. John, being that you are the president of the D'Lo fan club, we are forgetting, though, one thing. Remember, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, you know, when this came about, he was mired in about 15 to 17 minutes a game, coming off the bench, wasn't talking to the press, wasn't talking to reporters. Obviously, something happened behind the scenes that facilitated first him getting more minutes off the bench than ultimately getting back in that starting lineup because whatever it is that was told to him or somebody was by him, you know, by Ham, his agent, Palenka, whoever, somebody after that second time he did a no-show in front of reporters, something must have happened where, you know what? It lit a fire under his ass and was able to go ahead and make sure that he is playing a whole lot better right now. You know what? I think I think what happened was, and I, you know, I, I can't confirm this because I wasn't there myself, but I feel like what happened was he was, you know, he was acting up because you know wasn't playing well, and then uh, well, he know, wasn't the, getting time either. There you go, right? He he wasn't wasn't playing well, but also wasn't being able to play through with his mistakes. And a player like that, he needs to feel. He needs to feel the ball, feel the game, and be able to play through his mistakes. And he wasn't getting the, uh, you know, the time to do that. And that's something that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't control. That's all on Darvin Ham. So he's getting all pissy, not talking to uh, press, doing all this, doing all that. And I think ex- what happened was the Lakers as a whole were just get- reaching rock bottom when we were on that uh, on that losing streak. Darvin Ham's feeling the pressure of the whole world. So Darvin Ham's got to figure out something to do. Um, he's he's tried to go away from D'Lo. Clearly, that wasn't working because we were going on the on the game on the the losing skit. And then, you know, the best thing about being at rock bottom is, you know, you can only go up from here. We can only go. We can only try something different. And it has to be better than this because we're at we're at rock bottom. 
And I think that that was a like good timing, uh, a, a good timing combination with D'Lo being being told probably by his agent and by the, the Lakers front front office, like, yo, buddy, like you're not that guy to where you could just be acting up and do and you know not talking to press and hurting hurting your your stock as a player and be playing bad. You gotta <laughs> if you're gonna be playing bad, then you better be out here serving the youth going to charity uh feeding the homeless you, you better be doing all that but if you're if you're gonna be you know if you're gonna ball out then i guess you know you have that leeway to do that but i think d it was a good culmination of darmham figuring out like man i have nowhere else to go i gotta give those those minutes to d and d at the time was like who i might i might be out of a job let me start getting some buckets and <laughs> that's exactly what happened to be honest Magic Man, when it comes right down to it, the Lakers have now put together two in a row. They're still quite a ways looking up in the Western Conference, still have a lot of work ahead of them. We just don't want to go ahead and start, you know, counting down the wins. I know Alice says, uh, this is the we're back, baby. And, and of course, also as well, uh, Doobie says five to eight game winning streak. I'm putting one game in front of the other. Right now is still time to go ahead and finish out this homestand strong, Magic Man. So, what are you looking for as far as what the Lakers can still do during the rest of this homestand, which includes uh, coming up here in just a little bit that they've got, uh, they've got Brooklyn on Friday, Portland on Sunday. These are two under 500 teams, Magic Man, before they go against the Clippers. They stay in LA, but they go, they're at the Clippers and then home against Chicago. These Three of these four teams are under 500. There is absolutely no excuse why they can't go three and one in their next four games. A hundred percent, Gerald. And uh, I will say um, Dante was the one who said that we need a like a five to eight. Oh, game Dante. Win. Yes, yeah, yeah, Dante. Sorry. Yeah, we need a short. St- we need a short stack win streak minimum, Gerald. Hundred percent agreed. Uh, I will say this: um, those two games you got to win. Style, you know what? When it comes to win streaks, I don't give a rat crap about style points. Just, just count the victories and put them in a can because we're gonna we're gonna need them later on. Um, you know, and look, we've won four of six. So you win those two, all of a sudden, Lakers have won six of eight. Kind of quelled a lot of the the hubbub and the. Uh, the uh, rough, rough, rough talk uh, going on. Uh, look, we're rough, we roughnecked it for a while, just based on injuries and uh, the cohesion, pro- the cohesion issues. Now all of a sudden, you're cooking with peanut oil. So you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep the momentum going. Um, I per, I personally would hammer home to ham that you need to <laughs> you need to start vando you start vando look we respect torian prince when he plays an allotted amount of time anywhere from like 22 to 28 minutes you fit him in there he could be effective as you know a defender he could be effective as a three point shooter anything after that we get the jello flamingo legs uh, he looked very tired in that first half already, Gerald. Uh, after playing 17 minutes, I just think he looked uh, exhausted. But he again, did. He did. But Magic I mean, Man, it's not. I don't even know why. I, with all due respect, my friend, you know it's not going to happen because as long as the Lakers win, they're not going to change. Ham does not change things when it comes to wins. When they oh, win, like, yeah, it's like okay, I don't want to mess with it. This mm-hmm. nine-man rotation is working. The starting lineup's working. We beat Dallas and Oklahoma, who are two teams above us in the Western Conference. He is not going to change a thing, no matter how much we think of Torian Prince. And that's the issue, though, because yeah, in the earlier in the season, what what started working was Cam Reddish, and the whole world was loving Cam Reddish, and we were winning some games. And then Darvin Ham just got absolutely married to it. And I feel like something I've I've said a lot of times on on this show here is like we we can't have one fixed lineup. Like we just cannot have one fixed lineup. We have to have players who all have that next man up mentality ready to go because on a every night is going to be a different lineup. Like we need to run a different lineup versus the Magic um, versus the Mavs than we do versus the Minnesota Timberwolves because it's just too 
completely different matchups and that's all the game really comes down to in my opinion so and Gerald, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not one to throw out like cliche, like these mindless cliches and these um, idioms, but two come to mind. OK, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And we've seen that happens to Torian Prince. Uh, that's the playbook on him. You play him more than 30 minutes. He's an ineffective shooter. He's an ineffective defender. He's just uh, a uh NBA basketball player that with jello legs out there. Um, and second is comfort. Comfort is the enemy of progress, Cheryl. It really is. Mm. Like when you get too comfortable, you become lackadaisical. You become a little less uh, hard, like hard minded. You get a little soft. And that's not what we need. We need uh, balls to the wall, heavy, heavy heavy on team play and i just think that vando is the better of the two options between him and touring prince in that situation at the same time the pod father is right darvin ham is stubborn like a mule and yeah. i don't even i i'm not sure if there's an animal more stubborn than a mule but if there is <laughs> let's use that one to compare darvin ham to uh vando should start like vando should start that should that should be just be just beaten into his head. Vando should start. Vando should start. Like that's what that state uh, the crypt crowd should uh, be chanting. We want Vando. We want Vando. That's what they should. That's what they should be saying. That's what they should be saying. So I ask you this, John, and once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 127 to 110. Uh, I think the key for the Lakers is two players, and they're on Dallas. And Frank mentioned once one of them earlier in the in the chat here. Tim Hardaway Jr., 5 of 17, 0 for 7 from behind the three. And Kyrie Irving, 4 of 16, 1 of 5 behind the three. Those two guys combined 9 for 33 and 1 of 12 from behind the arc. That's your game, my friend. That is where your game is. The Lakers had a game plan to go at those guys, and they did get some open looks, but just could never find the rhythm. And the Lakers, the way they played defense against those two guys today was, I believe, the key to the victory. They, Doncic scored anytime he decided not to shoot a three. Anytime he decided to go ahead and drive, he dusted off whoever was guarding, whether it was Vando, whether it was Prince, uh, whether it was Christie, yeah, just never, never really got anything as far as, uh, you know, any problems when he went inside. But when he shot outside, he had an issue. But those two guys, Tim Hardaway Jr., and also as well, when it comes right down to it, when it comes right down to it as well, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving having bad games was the key to a Lakers victory tonight. Yeah, no, I, I am, um, I'm right there with you. I think that. I think that you know Tim Hardaway, and sorry if there's some crying in the back. My, my daughter is taking a taking is a shower. Is she mad that Dallas lost? <laughs> oh, man, she does not like taking a shower, and her mom's giving her a shower right now. Okay, all right. I'll be honest. So, but she's a she's a Lakers fan. So <laughs> uh, she watches all the Lakers game with me. But let me let you know. Let me talk about this. And you know, to answer your question, I do. Yeah, clearly, you know, both uh, Kyrie and Tim Hardaway had a bad shooting night. Uh, both shot on at 25, 29% or worse from the field, which is horrendous, especially for a player like Kyrie, who's one of the best finishers around the rim. Um, and, you know, in basketball, there's some nights you're on, some nights you're off. And this was clearly a, an off night for Tim Hardaway, Kyrie, and just the, the, the Mavs as, as, and as a whole. They shot 11 of 40 from the three-point line for a terrible 27% from the three-point line. And the issue is that, so a lot of teams in this league live and die by that three-pointer. They, you, you, you either live by it or you die by it. And I think the great teams are able to um, be able to recognize that you know the way the game is going. And uh, the Lakers struggle at struggle at doing this at, a lot of times. Actually, is saying like, okay, today our three-pointers is not hidden. Today we're not hidden. Let let's go inside. Let's try something else. The Dallas Mavericks they didn't you know they didn't they didn't do that. They decided to live and die by that three. They ended up dying. Uh, but credit to our defense, though, and like, and like how you said, Gerald, it has to be credit to our defense. Uh, Kyrie is a great finisher, and he got up a lot of shots. And 
you just have to credit the the work that we did early on him, uh, making it tough for him to come off those screens, making just really giving him any space out there. I think we did a good job at that. And um, I mean, hey, man, whether it's a bad shooting night or not, a win is a win. So I'm taking it whether Kyrie had 12 points or whether Kyrie had 50 points. Uh, Frank, I know you're a much bigger follower of Dallas and you're saying that this was uh, not the outlier and that the uh, good games are. Uh, Magic Man, he had come into the game, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., his last three games, he was averaging about 30 points a game. So to have him cool off, and again, he is a distinctly hot and cold player. He is absolutely the definition of streaky in this league. And to have him what Frank says is what I guess to him more that for the norm for him with uh, his kind of day today after coming off three really good games, uh, I think that's a win for the Lakers. And again, obviously, you know, the way they played defense against him and Irving to me was where the key was at when it comes to how they won the game or in the, in that third quarter, at least. Yes, I, I agree, Gerald. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Very, very, very different uh, player than his father. Um, I was a huge Tim Hardaway senior fan. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., a.k.a. lukewarm, because that's what you get pretty much from, from game to game. It's uh, He's either hot nor cold. He can shoot you in a game, and he can shoot, shoot you out, out of a game. game. Mm-hmm. Yes, and when it comes to the playoffs, he will definitely – Shoot you out of a game. Uh, regular season, Podfather's right. He could shoot you into a game, shoot you out of a game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was he was very very quiet tonight. Um, but again, I found I found that de- the individual defense, the man to man drill, that was much more trying to find the right word, conditioned conditioned. Like mm-hmm. they they. The Lakers players really didn't get out of sync at all. Um, they were all kind of on a rope. Uh, I, the drop coverage was actually decent tonight, especially given the fact that nobody could hit a three. So AD was allowed to uh, hit the boards pretty good. That team go. It, it's almost as if like Luka Doncic really rem, really reminds me of kind of doing trying to make chicken salad out of what it is, especially, especially with Kyrie, like at, on the best of days, Kyrie is an unpredictable force on the court, let alone mm-hmm. off it. And despite the fact that he is shooting a season high from three, they just can't seem to get a foothold on any kind of consistency themselves. The win, the win four or five, then the lose four or seven and they're just like we're talking us right now we're mid i mean they're just a bit above mid and uh tim hardaway that tim hardaway jr needs to step up for them in the same way that the lakers need you know d'angelo russell or an austin reeves to step up in that role when AD, uh, ad and uh lebron are humming along and you know he's just not he's just not getting the help Gerald. He's just not getting the help, and a lot of that is on him, and a lot of it is on uh, soggy bread and water, aka Jason Kidd. <laughs> Magic, go ahead, real quick. To add to that, I I, I love that you said that. And, you know, I, I've I've been a Lakers fan for, two, I mean, I'm 24, so I've been a Lakers fan for like honestly, legitimately, and like seriously, been watching like 10 plus years. Now, I was a Lakers fan when I was a child, but you know, I wasn't dissecting the game as a child but for these last 10 years of probably haven't missed one game been 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 locked in um so now i'm used to it right but it's so annoying about how other teams in the league that just aren't as big as the market as the lakers will be having the same type of struggles the same type of mediocrity but they won't won't get half the attention like how i love the point that you brought up of how if we're mid, what are the Dallas Mavericks? Look at uh, Doc Rivers brought it up on the on the the broadcast. They have the number one different amount of lineups that they've ran out there so far this season. 
they if we're struggling with continuity, they're struggling with continuity. But it, it you know it's frustrating. And 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 Ger- Gerald, I, I'm sorry to you know to, to take it. I just had to say that because no, it, why? By all means, it was a it was a great it was it was a great point about it about it about you, Magic Man, because. I'm tired of that. And I, you know, whatever I'm used to it at this point, but let's just, you know, let's call it, let's call it a spade a spade. Like if, if, if the Lakers are messing up right here, okay, that's fine. But let's also call it when the Dallas Mavericks are messing up right here or when the Charlotte Hornets are messing up right here. So, I mean, I just, I just had to add that little rant, get that off my chest, to be honest. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 127 to 110. They are 21 and 21. Back to 500, still 10th place in the Western Conference. Magic Man, the attention turns to Friday. Right now, with the Lakers uh, still, again, home games. They've got to finish off this homestand strong before they play the Clippers, you know, on the Clippers home court coming up here. They come, uh, they're playing against Brooklyn. A team they should defeat. They should get the best of them because Brooklyn is is already engaged in their West Coast trip. What are your thoughts about Brooklyn when they match up and how they match up against the Lakers coming up on Friday? A team that has seen better days. They have seen better days, Gerald. Um, You know, they've been dealing with some little bit of injury problems, a little bit of, you know, just toggling between a really – bad offense even with Mikhail Bridges and I just their defense it could be just best described as a hodgepodge of crap so the Lakers have it in them to just spank the bejesus out of them and uh, send their red tail hides across the hall let them deal with the with the other team. Uh, no excuses whatsoever. They're they're coming they're coming in fragile. You need to uh, take that uh, Faberge egg and just smash it against the wall. I don't I don't have a I don't have I don't have the same trepidation. I know that's a big word. I don't have the same trepidation that they're going to uh, play down to their competition because the. They've just proven to me in the past past week that uh, they can rise up to any opponent. They put their minds and their asses in gear, and they, this weekend should be a should be a back a back to back win. You should double up the Nets and the Blazers. And Gerald, I have just read the wildest. I've been watching NBA basketball for well over thirty years. This is the wildest LeBron stat that anybody will actually come across. All right. I'm I'm just about to pull it up here. Go ahead, my friend. Yep. Anytime you're ready. Okay. So go full uh full screen there, Gerald. Did, can you can you read that stat, Gerald? That is absolutely mind boggling. I was looking at the McCrispy there for a second there. Sorry about that. <laughs> so LeBron James has played against 35% of all NBA players in NBA history. 35%. That's nearly almost two-fifths of the entire roster of the NBA history drilled. That's that's mind-boggling. And that includes any 10 days and anybody that's yeah. you know, show, yeah, yeah. one game, cup of coffee. Yeah, whole nine yards. Yeah, thirty-five percent, man. Like, um, I think the next, I think the next closest was Robert Parrish, who was at like, like, twenty-two percent. So, that is that is just mind-boggling. So, I mean, this man at thirty-nine years old, still, still mind-boggling, breaking records. Um, and yeah, Johnny was right. I mean. Because he was here for all the years of the expansion teams as well. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, that that loops him in there. So some like Robert Parrish and others didn't have that same luxury as far as uh, being able to play against all, you know. No, but I mean. When they opened up in the 90s and whatnot. Gerald, there's a great quote by by the chairman of the board, Mr. Uh, Frank Sinatra. There's something to be said about longevity. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But before we head on out, guys, it is the Lakers once again at 127-110. to thought I'd bring something interesting up again. I did during the playback, and that was something I heard from Bobby Marks earlier today on the I guess the Hoops Collective, he was on with Brian Windhorst on ESPN, and he talked about how the Lakers have some financial decisions to make. We make well these trade proposals that are out there. We need this guy and this guy, DeJounte Murray. We need this guy, need Capella, need Bogdanovich, need uh, Kelly Olenek, you know, need insert player here. And it actually reminded me of what happened earlier today with the Pascal Siakam trade there, John. And I know that's a great uh, point of emphasis for your show, Clutch Talk, in regards to the Pascal Siakam trade. Pascal Siakam was traded from Toronto to Indiana for a plethora of players, including Kira Lewis, uh, Bruce Brown, I think uh, Jordan Nwora, and three first-round draft picks. How does New Orleans get involved in all this? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Kira Lewis Jr. Uh, was one of the players that Bobby Marks mentioned in regards to him being uh, having a $5.7 million salary, which puts uh, conveniently New Orleans just over the tax, something they've never done in their entire organizational career. Hmm. So he manages the the you know for just a second round pick and also one hundred ten thousand dollars in cash, which is the minimum they can get back in return. They cannot they cannot just give them away for free. They have to take something back in return. So they got they got back one hundred ten thousand dollars and a second round draft pick. So Kira Lewis Jr. goes away. And they're now going to be as of now, unless they do something different, they're going to be under the tax. He also mentioned the Lakers as a possible team that might with the right maneuvering, want to go or stay under the cap, thus avoiding the repeater tax, thus also possibly picking up as much as $14 million, depending on projections from teams that do go over the cap. So if they do stay under the cap, it's a financial windfall for the Buses family. So with that in mind, I don't know if they will do it or they won't do it, but that could certainly affect their outcome as far as what Rob Palenka trades for or does not trade or does trade at the trade deadline, John. You know, I'm going to be honest, guys. As a Lakers fan, and I feel like you guys are going to feel me on this one, that is very concerning for me to hear because you're basically telling me that the Bus family can either make an extra 14 mil or they can not make that extra 14 mil for them and try to actually put this in the team winning and maybe take some a little bit of money out of their pocket to try to I'm just this. saying it's a possibility. They have Absolutely. they're in a position where they can do either. So it's a good position from that sense. It is. You know that that you know Rob we bash him constantly for the job he's done etc cetera, etc. Cetera. He has the one thing he has done no matter how you'd like or dislike how this team is structured, he has put them in a position to be financially or fiscally viable. Uh, You know, the word escapes me that they're, that you're saying, or fiscally sound, avoiding the repeater tax, I guess is the best way. Fiduciary responsible, Daryl. Yeah. Something like that. If he wants to, if Jeannie bus says, that's what you have to do. That's what you, if that's the edict, if that's the command. So if, you know, we've talked about, this is the team that sent out for the PPP loan. This is the team that had the audacity to go ahead and take away Jerry West's season seats. So I'm not totally putting it out of the realm of possibility that they could go cheap at the trade deadline or find a trade that does keep them under that tax medium. And I'm just putting that out there for everyone. So they have to understand when they come out, come at me or come at us or drop these trades that that could be a possible thinking there uh, as far as that's concerned, John, because right now, if they do go over the tax, they would be in the repeater tax once again. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, I just, I I feel concerned because the reason why I say concerned is, is because like I've said this on multiple occasions, this team right now 
is not good enough to go win a championship. And I think that we need to go all in and do everything that we can to try to win a championship. And I think that what, what that would entail is bringing in a player. Now I'm not saying, and I support, let me just put it on this. If I support, if I think that the Lakers have a deal in place that could put them over the top or get them in that upper, upper hierarchy, like they did last year and take them to Western conference finals run. I would make those deals. I would sacrifice the millions, whatnot, but that's me. We don't know what's going on in the mind of the, you know, the bean counters and the, the, you know, as far as the, the guy is pushing the pencils up there at Lakers, you know, hierarchy out there in El, El Segundo. We don't know what's going on in those offices right now, John. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. We don't know. And and if the final verdict and the final decision does come from Jeannie and, you know, the bus family, which I'm, I'm sure it will, that's that's the, the, the concerning part. Because, again, I just I, I'm not going to put my money on the line that they're going to take away 14 mil out of their pocket and to 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 try to help and go into, like how you said, the repeater tax and put themselves in a, in a tougher financial situation. Not tough, but you understand. I mean, what, you understand. It's projected to be up for 14 minutes. That's how much for all the mm-hmm. teams that would be currently in the tax as the season ended. They would have to remember, they have to pay taxes to the league and the league then disperses it out amongst the league. And then also the teams that went under the tax as far as concerned. So they all, the teams that went under the tax get a payout. And that's what is projected right now to be $14 million for each team that's that is under the tax, unless something goes totally awry at during the trade deadline. So I got you. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I really, I, I, I feel that same way. I, I feel concerned because I know that we need a player to get to where I want to get to and get to where this team should be looking to get to, especially when you got a 39 year old LeBron James playing at this level, a healthy Anthony Davis, like, come on guys, like let's go all in. Even if that means repeater tax, even if that means I got to take some more money out of my pocket as this multi-billion dollar family, like, you know, so, but, 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 you know, to answer your news, it's it's concerning. It is very concerning because I think and, and Scarlet says they are hard capped, which is true, but they are in a position where they can go ahead and and avoid the repeater tax, which would put them, like I said, in that position of saving money, which again, I'm sure it's on Genie's mind, no matter how much we try like to say it's not. Yeah, it is. Magic man, what's up, man? Yeah, man. So there's been a little bit of traction at the, the, a couple a couple people are reporting this, but I, I just I don't want to go full bore with it, it being an ofi- official uh, rumor because it's just scuttlebutt at this point. But there was some idea that the Lakers did offer the Hawks a package of D'Lo, JHS, and a twenty twenty. Isabel Isabel mentioned that earlier in the chat. I yeah. I I don't think that's true personally and then well, on top Atlanta on GM top of would it, probably say no yeah uh, yeah well yeah because you know and then they'll they'll come back and they say you know we want Austin Reeves you know what you do at that point Gerald hmm hit the red <laughs> button end well That's... all you got to do is take a look at the JHS highlights oh wait he doesn't play Mm. Uh, yeah, so Ooh, that's probably Gerald. You. Gerald, Gerald. Yeah, so. <laughs> couldn't resist. Oh, uh, um, again, you. When I look at these trades, Magic Man, you look at you have to look at them as much as we love to look everything through Laker Tom purple and gold and gold shades. You have to look at it from the other aspect. What does it do for the other team? Why? Why do that? It's like you're selling. Oh, I, like you're selling I, a car. I, I agree. I want to I sell agree, you Gerald. this car. You, I've got to tell know, you why you want to yeah. buy this car. No, hundred percent. The pop father's right. I agree. I agree in that instance. You know what D'Lo is and first round pick. Sure. What the hell is JHS? He's just like, it's just. It's just clay, Gerald. It's just clay. You don't even know what it is yet. It's just, but hey, let me play. Clay. And maybe, and maybe somebody doesn't want your clay. But what if? But but the good thing about clay, though, Magic Man, is that if you mold it right, it can mold into something beautiful. It could, if you mold it right, it can mold into something beautiful. But is mm-hmm. is is Jay is 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 Jalen Hoskavino even a good clay to where it could be molded into something beautiful? But that was a great analogy. I like that. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just. I mean, you could get I, his I, South Bay League highlights. I'd be wor- I'd be worried, you know, that uh, with JHS right now, you need a lot of welders to to mold that clay into something right now. <laughs> he is, what, what was the comment that was said on the uh, previous show? I think yesterday. I think he's two years away from being two years away. The agreement, the famous oh. Fran Franchilla, uh, Franchilla line. Yes, two years away from being two years away. Yeah, Bruno, uh, yeah Gerald. That started. That started with Bruno Caboclo. Yes, who actually that, was in the league for way longer than I ever thought he would be in this league. It's based <laughs> off that statement because I watched that draft live when he said that. And I'm like. Yeah, the kid's gone. But man, seven years later, he was still in the league. I was just yeah, like, Bruno's still two years away. He's been in the league seven years. Yeah, and still. he was still looking like he was two years away from being Shout two out years to away. Bruno Caboclo. Yes, absolutely. He's playing somewhere in Europe, I would imagine, or something like that. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 127 to 110. They are 21 and 21. They are still 10th place in the Western Conference. We'll be back later on tonight with Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. His guest is scheduled to be none other than Yami Swoot, Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. Hopefully you'll check out Joe Soro's thoughts tonight as he drinks the nightcap tonight while I'll be busy editing for this for audio. If you guys on audio that listen to this on audio do want Joe's nightcaps sent the next day to audio, let me know. I just don't want to flood the channel since we have shows every day with a whole bunch of stuff you may or may not be able to catch up and listen to. So if you do listen to audio, Henry Hill and if some others let me know about the first episode that they wanted. And I put that there for you know for audio. So let me know if you do want it on audio. Please message me or hit me up, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Uh, Scarlet Blue says, oh, great. So Joe is drunk again. Well, he tells you he's like Captain America. He doesn't get drunk. So uh, he had some Hennessy uh, last night, I believe, on the show. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. But before we head on out, John, I truly appreciate and value your time here as well. Please go ahead and check out Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. But before you go ahead and give the hard pitch to everyone, one more time on why they need to like and subscribe to your channel. Please let us know your thoughts and final thoughts on today's game and where the Lakers can take the momentum of a whopping two-game win streak and where they can go from here. And big shout-out to Andy for liking our video. Truly appreciate you doing so on Facebook. Absolutely, absolutely. Happy to be here as always. And what we got to do, guys, I'm not going to lie, we got we to gotta keep it rolling. We got to keep it rolling on, on all cylinders. Darvin Ham, he has to not be married. Next game, if... The if the Brooklyn Nets come out with a different lineup and the matchups are gonna cause a problem for the you know this classic lineup we we've been running with, don't be scared to be go do something. Don't be scared to adapt. Like how we said, don't just be so stubborn. Don't be so hard headed. As far as playing wise, player wise, D'Lo, I think he's got to he's he's got to be the X factor because. I mean, we can count on Anthony Davis being there. Of course, Anthony Davis is the biggest X factor of this team when he's you know defensively sound, when he's I mean he's defensively sound almost every game, but when he's a defensive menace, when he's often uh, uh killing the glass, when he's going going crazy offensively, of course that you know is the biggest X factor for us. But I think that that's a constant. We should we should expect that. D'Lo, as of late, he's been stepping up. I said it earlier, 29, 14, 39, 19, 14, 16, 11, 15. Those are the last couple games. So I'm expecting that to continue to be rolling. I'm going to want at least 15-plus from, from D'Lo. And, I mean, shoot, it. the best the best case scenario is D'Lo has another crazy, you know, 20, 25-point uh, game, 10 assists, and doesn't and LeBron doesn't have to play, you know, 35 minutes any more than 35 minutes that's and that, that's the best case but i think me sitting here uh asking for that is too wishful thinking so what i'll say is the biggest thing is darvin ham has got to continue to be you know quick to adapt not be married to any lineups not be married to not any one thing because this league is about matchups d he's got to keep being an x factor for us got to keep being that third scorer and um anthony davis you know what he do we know what he does lebron james we know what he does uh, so that's what we got to do. Uh, and then as far as me and everything you can check out for everything that I got going on, uh, I do got the Lakers Corner YouTube channel. You guys can go check that out. Like, um, go like like my videos, comment, subscribe, uh, bringing you all Lakers news. And then I also have 
another uh, YouTube channel and also podcast. It's called Clutch Talk right here, right above me, bringing you all NBA news, you know, not just strictly Lakers news. I'm bringing you uh, all, all talking about all the NBA drop two episodes per week, one weekly recap, and then one episode is a little bit more uh, targeted towards a certain team. So appreciate you guys having me on. I absolutely love this post game. Look forward to it after every Lakers game. And um, yeah, I'll be here for the next game and appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Great to have you here as always. It is John Costa. Please go ahead and check him out today at Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner. Indeed, Magic Man, we're closing in on 1300 subs and we truly appreciate every single one of them. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Actually, yeah, Gerald. Um, Torian Prince getting in foul trouble is actually a really good tangible strategy for this team. He seems to always be the one getting in the foul trouble. Yeah, but the difference is now Darvin Ham knows to insert Vando right away. I mean, that, that, you know, it it took a while. It took a while, but it's it's almost as if uh, the... um, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. So at least at least he's finally found a tangible solution for that seemingly untenable problem that we had. And yes, yes, I would put that in really block letters on a whiteboard. Torian, get in foul trouble. Okay. All right. I don't know if that's really the best advice I could give. Just... Ham, play him less minutes, as as Z says. Oh, we him. know he's not going to do that either. Yeah. Play Rui a little bit more. You know, play LeBron a little bit less, just a little bit less. Play Torian just a little bit less. Play Rui a little bit more. Can't hurt you more than it already is. I mean, Rui's been doing a pretty good job when he's out there. I don't understand why this guy can't see what we all see here at the Lakers fast break. It's just truly amazing indeed, but well, it's, hey. almost as if, it's almost as if, you know, you need to get the teacher's pet into detention every once in a while. Well, Frank Vogel had what Avery Bradley as his uh, teacher's pet. And, you know, we were all talking, why is Bradley playing all the time? Yeah. And, and then his yeah, teacher's pet, the next year coach... was Wayne Ellington for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Each coach has his like favorite guy and you just don't understand why he's just getting that kind of minute. So it's really always hard to figure out, but <sighs> for Cam once... Reddish, another one of those guys. For yeah. Cam Reddish. Well, Cam Reddish, I think he wants Cam Reddish to return to the November Cam Reddish when Cam Reddish was leading the league in steals. And then, Unfortunately, Cam that Cam Reddish with his knees and his knee issues are not uh, that's that guy's not around right now because he's having some really knee, bad knee issues. He's out for several games. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but it could be like a Gabe Vincent issue. Don't be surprised if it goes one way or the other, whether he gets back in the lineup or it goes south and he needs surgery. Oh, who knows? It, it, this could end up being like something like the Streisand effect, only we'll call it the Reddish effect. where he's out yet we're more productive we're actually winning um you know and when he comes back mr redundant needs to uh stay on the bench we'll see what happens but once again it is the lakers 127 to 110 sean and i will be back tomorrow with more great coverage right here for you at the lakers fast break but stay tuned at 11 p.m just less than two hours away it's time for your nightcap, the Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell. Scheduled guest is Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. You know, he loves filling up with the nightlife and all that good stuff. You know, he'll bring some good booze with him for a nightcap. So go ahead and check out what Joe Sorrell drinks later this evening on Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Well, once again, the Lakers do win 127 to 110. Big shout out to John Costa for being a great part of what we do. Always here at the Lakers Fast Break. You're becoming a regular, man. How does it feel? It How feels, does it feel? It feels good. I love the the community that we we have over here. I love uh, the Lakers Nation, and I just love you know talking to talking to you guys, people that know ball and know ball in our Lakers fans, because you know sometimes it's t- it's tough talking to people who aren't Lakers fans because they seem to just hate on us at every <laughs> at every chance that they get. But you guys are some intelligent people, knowledge, 
you got I I, I, I like to call people who know ball they're they they're ball knowers. So you guys know your ball knowers and your Lakers fans. I love it. I love the community. I love the chat. Uh, and I'm 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 planning on sticking around as long as that's cool with you guys. Absolutely. It's always cool with us and great to have you part of what we're doing here. When you say Lakers Nation, this is the best part of Lakers Nation. It is the Lakers Fast Break Nation. Great to have you here, John. Great to have you here, Sean. And great to have everyone out there a part of what we're doing, especially when the Lakers win right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.